This is Women Who Rock, a podcast promoting female musicians and artists. In the last episode of the show, I made a tentative promise that I would interview someone when I was away in London, and very luckily, I have proved yet again that I'm not full of empty promises. On the day that I actually, it was a few hours before I went, had to go to the airport to fly back to Sydney, I was really thrilled to have a chat to Ola Herbick who runs a record label in London called Quality Control HQ. So her label promotes British like punk and hardcore music. And also she runs the label, but she plays in multiple bands herself. So she was really interesting to have a chat to about the genre in the world, but also kind of more what's happening in the UK at the moment. It was really nice as well. We caught up in a courtyard, which was just a couple of minutes away from Buckingham Palace on what was a really nice London day. So, uh, here is our chat. Well, Ola, thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you. (laughs) So you started a record label called Quality Control HQ in 2011 to really promote the like new wave of British hardcore and punk. I was interested, what was the main key driver or reason for you wanting to start your own label? Actually, the whole idea of promoting the local community here or like the new wave of British hardcore, which is a play on the new wave of British heavy metal from the 80s, yeah. Um, It doesn't really have like a just want to clarify it doesn't have a nationalistic like ideology or anything like that it's just a riff on on that um, and of course we have a very international uh, group of people especially the Londoners among us but um, the actual initial reason was because I was living in New York uh, uh, for a year and um, I was doing an internship there and I just happened to be there at the right time when Um, the punk scene in New York was really um, going through like a new generation were coming through and there was this band called Crazy Spirit and um, their demo came out on a cassette I just absolutely fell in love with it and got to see them a lot when I was there and I just thought wow like this really needs to see the light of day on vinyl I'd already been a, a keen record collector for a couple of years well for longer but I guess like serious record collector for a couple of years and I was surrounded by a lot of people that were doing record labels so I was really lucky in that I was sort of armed with that idea uh, already and sort of knew basically how to do it so I just was like let I would love to put this out on a LP and you should do that and we can do crazy packaging and it'll be really great um so they let me do that so actually uh, i got it um mastered in abbey road uh so i got to actually go there and see it happen uh, in their studio you can't do that anymore uh, it's a very different system now this was you know 2011 that you could still go visit and when you were there to get something mastered you could actually sit with the engineer which was pretty cool yeah and see the um record be cut as well on uh, copper plates uh, it's called uh, dmm mastering uh which is quite rare now actually 
but yeah so it was just like a passion project in the sense that I just loved that band and I wanted it on you know uh, vinyl and so I got that done when I got back to uh, the UK uh, and um, with the support of, of some people that I uh, consider like my biggest supporters and, and mentors so that would be like uh, Stack Shock Records and La Vida Somos Records here in, in London and um, yeah we still collaborate and support each other a lot to this day but then um, also when I got back it, a lot of new bands started to emerge in the UK and um, I also uh, picked up a guitar and started uh, co-started a few of my own um, and then we kind of realized that a new generation of punks had started bands and were doing stuff in the UK and uh, it was really kind of exciting times you know and um, so then eventually it was that we started putting out those bands and things on on this label there were other labels of course like by no means was I on my own but it just kind of worked out that way that I started putting out a lot of the hardcore bands in the UK and I wanted and eventually it's become like it's the main thing that I do like I I want to support the local community I want to push what we're about and I'm just like the biggest fan of most of the bands that are here so it just works out that way <laughs> so yeah you are basically exactly the person that I wanted to talk to then <laughs> supporting the local community yeah. that's interesting that so your real the real driver was because you wanted to hear that music on vinyl yeah definitely I know that in Australia mm -hmm. getting vinyl made is super expensive and yeah. a lot of people actually will get it made overseas and then shipped back because it's mm -hmm. just like extremely it's just too expensive yeah. do you have difficulties with printing vinyl here in the UK is it more accessible um, I think it's definitely uh, more accessible. I know a little bit about putting out vinyl in Australia just because we have friends there as well that do that. Um, and again, like I definitely benefited from working with um, La Vida Somos and Static Shock Records here who also uh, support the local community, who also put out vinyl a little bit more internationally than I do. But yeah, uh, so they've definitely helped me like find the best ways to do that. Um, we definitely have benefited thus far from the European Union in the sense that most of our vinyl can be pressed in Europe um, and that generally is quite a good price point to keep things affordable. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're a bit worried, as you can imagine, well, a lot worried about what's going to happen, uh, whether Brexit happens or not, I don't know at this point <laughs> delayed forever uh, I would like it to not happen I'm happy to say that <laughs> but like um, definitely a remainer but yeah that might really affect things we do have pressing plants in the UK though and so we're also lucky for that and they are also generally affordable but yeah um, I also get all the paper packaging and all the printing done in the UK um, that's something that I really enjoy is, is, is supporting the local uh, economy here when it comes to printing but yeah um so we'll see what happens in the future really what about like cassette tapes because i saw you do some cassette tapes as well yeah there's some great um cassette duplication places here in the uk so again we're quite lucky um they tend to be like small family businesses so like we're again very lucky that we can work directly with them they know us and like all the labels that put out tapes here they use the same two places 
so again like and they they really like get what we're about and like we've developed long-term relationships with them so yeah I also wanted to talk about, so you've released quite a lot of bands on the label, but you also play in quite a few as well. You play in one band called Game, mm-hmm. which just released an LP. Congratulations on that. Thank you. And uh, yeah, you're off to the States soon yes. for a tour. So uh, have you toured with Game before? Um, yeah, uh, just short ones. Uh, we've done a couple of European uh tours uh one with permission from uh the uk is another band uh and another with a band from uh north america um because they span both the us and canada in terms of membership uh, stigmatism uh so yeah we we've done that a couple of times and we thought oh it's maybe time to uh now we got an lp maybe maybe people in the states would be interested too so so we're we're going out there we're actually going out there with another band that i play in called arms race um so we're going to do that together um means we're you know there's a few crossover members there so it means hopefully we're a bit of a cheaper date (laughs) as a result you get a package deal yeah two for one (laughs) yeah where that question was kind of leaning was i'm interested to see if you think So from your perspective of understanding, having a good understanding of hardcore in the UK at the moment, but also having been in New York and having an understanding of the US, do you think that their bands take a different approach in terms of the way that they, yeah, I guess the approach to the community of hardcore and punk in the US in comparison to the UK? I don't don't think it's necessarily that different. What I find is that with the US, you, it's a much bigger country, obviously. So what I would say is the case is you may have like one or two states will be the equivalent of the whole of the UK in terms of size of scene. Even though like punk arguably was invented in a few different spots sort of at the same time around the world, I think hardcore is, is very much still seen as like a, an American invention in the capital H sense of the word so uh, you can see that uh, that's very much like America has a much bigger scene when it comes to hardcore and a lot of Europeans arguably are much bigger fans of of American hardcore than they are of their own scenes which is interesting I'd like to see that change but with punk it's definitely more of an I feel like it's very much an international movement um a lot of our bands in the UK, we, we tend to go, like, we, we kind of cross over between the two scenes. And I don't really like that sometimes you'll see a very clear division between punk and hardcore. To me, well, a lot of people, like, you know, Cro-Mags was uh, punk and Discharge was hardcore. So it's just, like, it's interesting that sometimes you'll see there's a separation there with different ideals sometimes. But... You know, it's whatever is evolved socio-politically in that area is the way it is at the moment. Um, I don't think there's that much difference, to be honest. I think I think the only difference is size, really, uh, and the fact that like um, you're going to have some natural barriers 
or unnatural barriers forming just based on the fact that in Europe you have different currencies, different languages, different countries. And luckily, you know, on the whole, you can move between them pretty easily. But, you know, there are still barriers to some extent. Whereas in the US, you're, you know, you're traveling around like 12, 15 hours and you're still in the same country. And so, you know, they're, they're a bit more, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's an interesting question. I've never yeah. been asked that before. I think it's basically just size and that's about it really. Yeah. Well, all of this talk of punk and hardcore makes me want to hear a punk and hardcore track. Mm. So let you just released a new LP a couple of weeks ago with yes. Game. Um, well, so actually, uh, it's out on Monday. Uh, oh, physically, okay. And it came out on Friday last week. Right. Online. This will be out next week. Yeah. So. Just in time. It's so it's out. Let's just <laughs> it's say it's out. Um, but yeah, I wanted to take a track from that. Cool. Uh, the one we're going to listen to is called Medusa. just heard was Medusa which is off the new game LP no one wins uh, so Ola, I think that I can basically speak collectively for Australians and say that we don't really understand what's happening with brexit ah. I I've actually been here for for the last two nights yeah. I think I've seen five different bands or singers and they all had a song about brexit yeah. Uh, and gave a bit of an explanation but yeah do you mind if I open that can of worms and get your opinion and maybe particularly from the slant of like a hardcore perspective and how that's being presented in punk and hardcore sure well brexit is is extremely complicated um, and that's probably why anyone outside of Europe is deeply confused um, we're also quite deeply confused and but basically, I think a lot of this is a react, like people wanting Brexit is a, is a reaction to immigration. 
so ultimately has roots in more right-leaning thought there is obviously people on the left that vote brexit as well and their their ideas are more based on like local communities should be voting and making decisions for their local people and have there's some like marxist elements to this but i don't take much stock in that and i'm definitely on the remain side of things so and i'm happy to say that publicly actually uh another label called carry the weight that's uh, sadly no longer um active and myself when the referendum happened we actually made a public statement about you know please do vote remain if you are involved in any subculture vaguely um because and in the reasons that it would affect us so you know we make our you know press our records majority of our records that definitely what i press is in europe so you know i import and then a lot of my customers that buy the records are and wholesalers and shops are in mainland europe so what's what's the customs how is that going to affect things when people want to go on tour how is that going to affect things both ways london in particular has an extremely international hardcore and punk scene um so game is a good example of that we've got one canadian one belgium myself i am dual citizenship polish and Eng- and english or um british uh and then we have uh, our guitarist is, is british as well so you know how is that going to affect things like um we have a lot of people that we want to protect their rights and their way of life they've been here for years and so yeah in many ways and just the freedom of movement is for me a very deep belief that um yeah so brexit is a real threat to all of that and our community being closed off to all of that um and uh, which is you know deeply unsettling and upsetting and will require a lot of work to figure out how to do this in this way So I think for hardcore and punk it's a really scary time for us. We don't want it to happen. Um it's going to really affect our community and how we operate in the world. Um yeah, especially when actually and I would argue that in the last 5 or 6 years we worked really hard to form close bonds with a lot of European hardcore bands and promoters and vice versa. You know, we have a lot of friends in Europe. We're only next door obviously like and of course we're going to be doing that you know and then when it comes to punk it's always been a, on a european grand level or like global level so it's just yeah it's just deeply upsetting and um i hope it doesn't happen but it's now been delayed to october so we'll see what happens next it's sort of out of our hands now and it, it really was telling that you would have a a march that was the biggest march since the stop the war march is happening people that never marched before had marched to say no we don't want brexit happen or we want another referendum or anything just to have a bigger say on what's going on in parliament and the prime minister's response was well but this many people voted brexit so we can't ignore them which is like was well, that was 2 years ago there's a lot whole new generation of people that are legally able to vote now um so yeah how can you say that it's just you know and also like the margin of of win 
as in quotation marks was like so small that could you really say there was a majority it was just such a tiny percentage of difference so you know we're deeply divided now and you can really tell that just in the general vibe you know it's just all anyone talks about <laughs> yeah <laughs> those are very like tangible arguments against <laughs> against uh, yeah brexit it's not really a, like an ideological thing it's actually like distribution of your records and yeah. the sense of community within yeah. you the european hardcore scene I guess from my comment that most of the people that I spoke to, so singer-songwriters, folk, blues, they mentioned, I mean, that's what they're writing about. Do you think that the the Brexit, the whole vote, maybe added an extra edge to songwriting in this, the hardcore and punk scene? Uh, I don't think so necessarily. I've not really heard that many songs about Brexit specifically. But I think the general trend of people writing lyrics is to make things a little bit more open to interpretation than perhaps they were like in um, anarchist punk where it's just a bit more like obvious what they're singing about and it's 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 very uh you know anarchist punk uh has a history of being very involved with the protest movement and then being you know together whether it's about animal rights or human rights or environmental sustainability but I think that now the trend is more to write in a slightly more vague terms. Uh, not in a bad way, just so that it's more open to interpretation. Um, so as a, I'll take myself as an example, I guess, is that my style is definitely more metaphorical and allegorical. I like to use sort of symbols and um, more like paint a picture and then take from that what you will. Yeah. So we've just heard um, Medusa. So obviously that song for me means a lot about, um, it, it's about a sort of revenge on though any, on experience, on those who have caused experiences where you feel less than based on your gender. And Medusa is seen as like a, a in feminist writing, a very powerful symbol of, um, you know, is in the past was seen as like, oh, this woman is a fallen woman, so she's like, you know, going to turn into this uh, deeply ugly figure. But actually, now it's seen as like a powerful figure who, you know, um, caused a lot of uh, destruction on those who deserved it. So yeah, uh, <laughs> it could go both ways. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I'm really glad that I chose Medusa as the song then. It is time for Tell Me a Thing, where I have a list of seven topics, and I ask you to tell me something new or interesting. The topics are musical equipment, recording equipment, punk rock, Patti Smith, poetry, death, and politics. So, Ola, can you please tell me a thing? Um, so I'm going to tell... Well, I guess I'll tell you a thing about musical equipment. Um, I guess it's not really a thing. It's more just my opinion in that the JCM 800 by Marshall is the greatest invention for hardcore punk ever. Okay. Um, I've had one since like forever uh, and I just can't live without it like when you turn up the treble and put it through the booster channel and then add a distortion pedal 
my favorite being the DS one by Boss. It is like the most ridiculous sound ever. It's like, but it's totally the loudest, most powerful sound you could make when it comes to hardcore punk. So if you ever have the luck of plugging into one of those, turn up the treble and uh, go through the booster channel and then put a distortion on and that's hardcore in a sound in my opinion okay. <laughs> I must okay no that's great that's i mean in terms of like i think orange and for like psych and prog is probably a better choice i just think like marshall for me I mean, the reason I got it is because I saw the Albaril from SSD Control, which is a really famous hardcore band from Boston, was playing one in a picture. And so that was like, right, I need to save up and that's the, that's the one I need. And so I tried to also get the model that was closest to that time frame, which was in like 1982. And um, yeah, I've never looked back. It's just for me, it's way more squawky and less like raw sounding. Um, whereas I think orange sounds a bit more warm. Yeah, especially if you turn up the mids, like I think orange is, is definitely warmer. And that's, you know, like that, that you, you said you love blues. And so I would imagine that's great for blues. You want a slightly, ever so slightly warmer tone for that, I would imagine. Whereas I just want to sound the most feedback drenched, like raucous, like, like <sighs> sounding possible. So yeah. 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 Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's got, but it's got a power of its own. And if you go through two of them, um, so like I sometimes um, will do uh, two heads that are connected through what is known as an AB selector, and so you're playing through two stacks at the same time, and then you can like model one to be more warm and one to be totally just noise and treble. It just sounds insane, and yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, they're all about Marshalls. That's my thing. Yeah, and actually, at, the, at one point, Marshalls seemed to be like the sound of new wave British hardcore because we all had them. Uh, that like most of the bands that played had were going through Marshalls, and then uh, the heads that were um, in the studio of um, James Atkinson, who's recorded um, a lot, if not the majority of new, what is considered new wave of British hardcore bands. Um, he has marshals, so um, yeah, people have used them. So yeah, they're really yeah. Well, I mean, I I always they're not that heavy. They're they're definitely heavier than you know an HH or something, which you can just swing about. But like, yeah, it's definitely like worth it. it they're just glorious machines, and I'm so glad they were invented. But anyway. Um, that's that's all I've got on sure. that. Okay, great. <laughs> I'm sure people can disagree with me. That's fine. But um, those are my opinions on that. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I said we could do the segment quickly, but then we started to talk about amps. And it got derailed. <laughs> I love talking about gear and amps and pedals. We probably won't mention pedals because I'll have to let you go at some point. But yeah, but Ola, thank you so much for spending some time having a chat. I really appreciate it that we had a chat. And we got an opportunity to chat in the rare London sun. So, yeah, uh, yeah thanks for your time. Thank you.
Women Who Rock is proudly produced in the Sydney studios of 2SER 107.3.